<laughs> welcome back, welcome back, Tokers. Welcome back to the final session of Killer Ock November, whatever you want to fucking call it. <laughs> yeah, don't judge me on my corny name. Fuck y'all. I tried. God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, hope everyone had a good, uh, good weekend. Uh, for a lot of people, the weekend was great uh, because of uh, the election results. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people celebrating. Oh, uh, Donald Trump, you out of here. You're fired, kid. You're gone. You're done, son. Recount all you want. <clears throat> Do all that bullshit. Do whatever you need to do. You're fucking done, son. All right? So, you know, do whatever you need to do to make yourself happy. And, uh, you know, get all the counts and waste all the time you need. But they'll just see you lose twice, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, actually, I, I, I kind of want that. I kind of want to see you lose twice. So, recount. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh Anyways, on to the subject at hand, serial fucking killers. And uh, I saved uh, I saved the worst for last. What, what I think is the worst. Um, he's a complete piece of fucking shit. And uh, it's not because of the number of kills that he, uh, you know, acclimated in his time of killing. But it's, you know, it's simply because of how sick this motherfucker was. And, you know, he, he almost he, he almost killed for mm, 20 years, about two de- two decades. And uh, he terrorized Germany. And he is known as one of Germany's sickest, most depraved serial killers ever. And he's one of the sickest in the world, in my opinion. Uh, and you will soon find out why. Um, today we dive into the extremely depraved world of Yakim. Excuse me, I, I I constantly fuck this up because the way his name's spelt, you you want to say so you want to say Joachim because that's how you see it when it's said here, like Joachim Noah. That's how his name's spelt, but in Germany. It's, it, I thought it was Yakim because somebody said that's how it was. It was Yakim. So apparently the C is completely silent and it's Yahim. So it's uh, Yahim Kroll is his name. Uh, it, excuse me if I fuck it up. I will say Yakim probably once or five more times during this fucking podcast. I'm sorry, but the shit's just fucking confusing. <laughs> Um, but he's better known as the uh, Ruhr Cannibal. And uh, Ruhr is the region of Germany that he uh, terrorized for majority of the time. But he was he was all over the place. This motherfucker uh, traveled around to do his killing. And he's widely known as one of the most disgusting and brutal serial killers the world has ever witnessed. And uh, emphasize disgusting because... Uh, He's fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
fucking nasty piece of shit. Uh, now, I know most of you have probably never heard of this sick fuck. I, I learned about him about mm, eight or nine months ago. And after I learned about him, I was like, oh, shit. I got to dig a little deeper into this dude. And whoa, let me just tell you. Don't do it unless you, uh, you're you strong stomach and you have a, uh, you know, a uh, fascination like I do of these sick serial killer fucks. Because this guy, he's, uh, he'll, he'll leave a stain on your brain and your stomach. He's, he, ugh, God. And I guarantee you, you will not forget his name after I'm done with this one. <laughs> Guarantee y'all will be talking about this guy amongst your friends. You'll be like, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. No, but the motherfucker, you heard about yo, Yahim Pro, nigga? Like, I guarantee you that will come up in the future if you listen to this whole thing. <laughs> uh, over 19 years, he terrorized Germany with uh, his rape, his pedophilia, his necrophilia, murders, and his cannibalism. So he 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 knocked out all five of the just the sick shits, just the things that you just hope you never ever have to run into. Um, the two things that really, or the three things that really stood out for uh, for him was the combination of pedophilia, necrophilia, and cannibalism. Very rare, apparently very very rare, to have all three of those. Usually you'll see the necrophilia and cannibalism, those two are together. You usually don't see pedophilia thrown in there. But this motherfucker, his sickness knew no ends. Uh, but that's not even where his terror ended. Because of his crimes, many men were arrested, convicted, and some being locked up for a long time or even driven to fucking suicide so he claimed lives that he never even fucking met or even had any part of his life or anything to do with him he was he was influencing all kinds of death all over germany piece of fucking shit um and the the worst part about that is like he never even knew he didn't even care he never knew these guys got caught for his crimes and he said even if he did he wouldn't have gave a shit <laughs> like he didn't he didn't think or relive his past crimes and you know check on investigations to make sure no one was looking for him this nigga just killed and just kept on moving that's why we did it like this motherfucker's wild um all right um uh, you know what Let's let's just get into this gang. Let's just let's get into it because because this is one of the ones I've been, you know, looking forward to to gross y'all out with. <laughs> Cuz I know it's definitely going to gross y'all out as it grossed me out uh, and especially because you get to see if you research this guy, you will see a lot of shit and you can get to see the crime scene stuff and you can even see him relive some of the crimes so man it's fucking twisted <laughs> so uh let's uh let's talk and talk about the old rural cannibal now uh like chikatilo 
and many others that we've gone over. Kroll had a rough upbringing. whoop de fucking do I had a hard life. <laughs> mm. But you know, fuck him. Um, I don't care how rough it was. What he became is in-ick-fucking-excusable. I don't care if this dude got raped every goddamn day. What he did? Nah, bruh. You went way too far, homie. Way too far. Oh, yeah, and I'm smoking again, y'all. I'm back, baby. Oh, man, my lighter went out. My, my fucking wick. My wick went out. That's the worst. Oh, I missed you, weed. I missed you so much. Well, I guess I didn't miss you too much. I still had you in edible form. All right. That. Let's dig into Yahim. And I'm going to refer to him as Kroll for most of this. Or, uh, or you know, every now and then I'll, I'll refer to him as one of the mean nicknames that I've given him. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Um, a lot is not known about his childhood and teen years, but the little that is known is disturbing to say the least. Um, Yahim Harold Kroll was sh- uh, shitted out of his mom's ass. Um, no, I'm kidding. She gave birth to Yahim on April 17, 1933. Born the son of a miner in Hindenburg province of Upper Silesia, which is no longer a thing. Hindenburg no longer exists. So uh don't bother looking it up. Um it was a uh it was like right on the border of of uh Poland and it no longer exists. It's now a, a different city. I forgot the name. Sorry. But uh if you're interested, just look up Hindenburg and it will give you the correct name. Uh Kroll was the sixth of nine children. And uh, there's also conflicting reports on that. Some reports say eight. Some reports say nine children. Um, The reason why some reports say eight children apparently is that uh, one of them died and they just kind of like swept them under the rug, literally. Um, But none of that's confirmed. But uh, most reports say he is the sixth of nine children. Um, after the end of World War II, during which his father was a prisoner of war, Kroll's mother uh, moved the family uh, down to North Rhine, Westphalia, or the Rhine District, North Rhine District, excuse me. Uh, Kroll was considered a weak, feeble little bitch amongst his peers and brothers and sisters. Uh, not a little bitch, I'm kidding, but he was a weak, feeble boy coming up in his whole, you know, his family and his community. And this constant degradation from his family and community, coupled with the unstable upbringing during the World War II struggle, likely contributed to his crimes as an adult. Uh, Like I said, likely contributes. A lot of other things probably contributed. His fucking mental psyche was probably already fucked up a little bit. Uh, But these other things kind of just added on to it. Uh, Kroll was a frequent bedwetter as a child as well, which caused him a lot of humiliation, uh, especially with his siblings. Uh, 
Uh, and, you know, his siblings would tell the kids around the neighborhood. The kids in the neighborhood would then, you know, make fun of him as well. But his uh, only, like, safety, his only, like, safe zone was his mom. His mom was, he was a mama's boy. Mama protected him. Uh, his mom kind of shielded him from some of that humiliation and, and bullying that he got from his siblings and the community kids. But he, she couldn't, com- she couldn't do it all. You know, she was a single mother. You know, just trying to trying to take care of kids. And when you got eight or nine of them motherfuckers, you're not gonna be able to pay attention to them all. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, that's a lot of kids. Um, he also reportedly sexually abused and mutilated animals at a young age. Um, this is not confirmed, but it is rumored that he did molest a few dogs and cats in the neighborhood and other farm animals around the neighborhood. <laughs> um, both bedwetting and animal cruelty are components of the McDonald triad. So the McDonald triad is a... Um, it's a psycho- uh, psychologist, uh, basically his, his triangle of, of three things that pretty much make up most serial killers. And he came up with this back in the 60s before FBI profiling and everything became big. And uh, now it's been, you know, it's been kind of put on the back burner or you can say stuff's been added to it. But now they've uh, they've broken down way more factors and uh, like brain just brain uh, chemistry and everything that make up serial killers. So this this triad, while it is you know somewhat useful, it is it's no longer like the uh, the tool to use as it was for many years back in the days. Um, but it is it is a good. It is a good base. It was a good base to kind of start off and, you know, set uh, set kind of a standard for, for how to hunt these serial killers. And um, the triad is bedwetting, animal cruelty, and arson. Those three things, if those three things happen, you know, usually those people would, not, not usually they would, but, they have a higher chance of becoming serial killers. And still that's still to this day. But there's other little things that 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 they've added in there. Um and uh you know, like many other families in Germany during World War II, Kroll's family suffered from extreme poverty and hunger, surviving only on bread and water as means of food. This caused his stomach to be constantly swollen, giving him a weird appearance because, you know, he was so skinny and frail and weak and just a little bitch <laughs> with uh, such a large belly. So it, that led to even more ridicule along with everything else that, you know, he was already getting picked on for. Um, his, uh, his father, a soldier in the German army, was taken as a POW by the Russian army and is believed to have died during the war, leaving Kroll and his seven siblings with their mother. Um, some reports, though, kind of conflict that. Uh, some say that he didn't die and that he returned and just abandoned his family and just kind of said, fuck that, I ain't going back to all that shit, and let them believe he was dead. 
and just kind of just went on and lived a new life. Which, um, if you had a kid like Kroll, I don't blame you. Um, your kid's fucking weird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, don't just leave your whole family like that. That's kind of cruel. But uh, you you should have just killed Kroll and then just came back to the family, bro. Would have been a better world. Just get rid of him early. <laughs> um, Kroll quit school in 1948 after uh, having to repeat several grades more than once. Not the smartest kid. Um, at 15 years old with a fourth grade education, ooh, not very good. His struggles in school were compounded by his disruptions of World War II. Um, and at this time, he had already joined the Youth Nazi um, Party, which was basically um, like what a lot of young German kids were, you know, doing at the time. <laughs> um, it was kind of the norm. It wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, awkward or bad thing to join. You know, you weren't looked at as a, a terrible kid if you did that in Germany at the time. Uh, later in life, testing revealed he had an IQ of 78. That is, that's really dumb. It's borderline disabled. I think 69. Uh, if your IQ is 69, that's that's like right where, I can't remember what dis disability they label it as, but that's right where disabled is. And so he wasn't that far. So wasn't the brightest of guys but then again iq tests weren't the most accurate you know gauge of intelligence so who knows um and some reports claim kroll didn't even know how to read uh that's not confirmed but i mean a lot of people said this so i kind of think it's true i kind of think he's he was a dumbass and uh might not have been his fault. Like I said, his brain chemistry was already fucked up. Maybe his brain just, you know, didn't develop. And, and, and famine will do that to you. Um, we saw that with, uh, fuck, this weed, man. <laughs> um, we saw it with, uh, was it Chikatilo? I think it was Chikatilo. Yeah, but we saw it when you know you don't eat right when you're young you just your brain doesn't develop so that could have been it you know he didn't eat good uh but then again you know he, he wasn't eating tree bark and grass till he was 12 so he had a little better you know <laughs> but he he wasn't getting the nutrients to the old noggin so that could have played effect into his his stupidity but uh, who knows? Uh, after leaving school, uh, Kroll started working as a farmhand. And ooh, that's where shit kind of got a little weird. And he soon developed his appetite to murder. Excuse me. Um, fast forward to his time working as a farmhand for a few years. And uh, certain events changed him forever. Um... Yeah, just remember what I said earlier about him, um, you know, fucking animals. Uh, while working as a farmhand, uh, Kroll said that helping kill farm animals inspired his murderous fantasies. 
when he saw a pig being slaughtered, the incident, quote, awakened his sex, uh, his sex drive, end quote. Um, I don't know. Ugh, I don't know um, if you guys have ever seen a pig get slaughtered. Not the most, ins- you know, sexually enticing thing. Uh, I could think of about a billion things more sexually enticing than that. So, uh, yeah, that's um, clue number one how fucked he is. Um, He then had sex with different farm animals after seeing this. Just because, you know, he saw that and he was like, ooh, man, these animals, really fucking sexy. I'm I'm going to see what that's about. And uh, he mainly targeted the old pigs and cattle. So, yeah, you know, the bigger animals, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't try to fuck chickens and stuff to, uh, they move too much, I guess. <laughs> but the pigs and cattle, unfortunately, got a bad, poor, uh, poor Kroll stuck his dick in him. Fucking, God, I could, could you imagine just looking out of your window and just seeing him just fucking going at it with a fucking cow, just, Jesus! Oh, sick fucking man! Uh, As a young man, Kroll did attempt to have a romantic relationship with an unknown woman. He tried. He he attempted it. Uh, He said that he felt awkward and inadequate with women sexually, and described his only sexual encounter with a woman as quote a huge failure. Because he couldn't achieve an erection. No. Poor, poor crow. Yeah, pig fucker uh, suffered from good old limp dick. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that is another thing that probably played into his old, you know, psychosis and murderous rage. As you saw with past killers, that can have a, have an effect. Um, Kroll's twisted mind concluded he should only have sexual encounters with, quote, someone who could not complain about his performance, end quote. In other words, a person unconscious or dead. He preferred dead. Uh, yeah. The necrophilia, as I said. He loved that. That was his main thing. Was That was his only thing, actually. He never fucked a live person, actually. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, he never fucked a, 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 a person with blood actually flowing through their body and heart beating. And wow, that is sad. Whew. I don't think, like... I'd still consider him a virgin, <laughs> honestly. Like you, t- you uh, that's like what you did was the, the equivalent of fucking jacking off. So weird. Um, in 1955, as his obsession with death grew, uh, huge, devastating, and probably one of the most devastating things that happened in his life took place. Kroll's mother died. And many think this was the final factor to his murderous ways, uh, murderous ways, because of how close 
he was to her. I mean, like I said, he fucking loved his mama. He was a mama's boy. Um, and, uh, you know, like Chikatilo, uh, or unlike Chikatilo, he didn't, he didn't have the, uh, the bad, you know, thing thinking about his mother. He loved his mother to death and now he lost her. So I think this is my thinking when he, when, once she died, nothing was stopping him from killing at that point. I think that when she was alive, that was like the one thing he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint my mom. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get caught and my mom have to, you know, be embarrassed. I think that was, I, I honestly think that was one of the, the things that, that slowed him down a little bit, but I could be wrong. You know, I'm no fucking expert at all. <laughs> I'm just a guy on a mic talking shit. Um, <laughs> The Kroll siblings then uh, all went their separate ways and they all lost touch. Um, nothing's really been said about them. Uh, I, I, I'd imagine they'd probably change their fucking name and don't go by Kroll in any way because of what this sick fuck did. And later that year, uh, Kroll would murder his first victim. So not long after mom died, he started killing. So like I said... I, that's why I think like mom was like the thing that was stopping it. Um, now begins the worst two decades to many German people post World War II, and Kroll begins to kill. And y'all will finally understand why I saved this sick fuck for last. Uh, weirdly, before and during his murderous ways, I just I just have to bring this up. He would go on to be known as Uncle Yahim to many of the neighborhood kids. Um, I know you're thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, he would do that because his frequent interactions with these kids and his occasions of you know gift giving, compliments, and just his nice, uh, you know, just like very maternal type of demeanor towards these kids and it's just so weird when i like i was like what uncle yahim imagine finding out all the shit he did and you were calling him uncle yahim Ooh. consider yourself lucky um he says that he never ever had any or wanted to have any sexual relations with any of these kids as his desire just wasn't there. Uh, I don't know if I can believe that. Um, I, I, I just I just can't believe that. A sick fuck like him, I just don't believe that he would be around kids who he did do things with. Um, I just don't believe that he never was like, you in my house I, I just don't believe that because of how his sick fucking mind works just can't see him um not going after any of these kids or wanting to go after uh maybe he didn't go after but i just can't see him uh not going after any of them and, and eventually he does so that's another reason why i think he did because eventually that's you know what he does and 
that was his ultimate fuck up. Um, on February 8th, 1955, uh, Kroll traveled to a village of Walstead, I think, Walstead or Walstead. Um, there he captured and murdered 19-year-old Ermgard Strell. Uh, Strell, excuse me, Strell. I might butcher some of these names. Uh, the German names are not easy, um, but they're a little easier than the Russian ones, I will say. Uh, he strangled her to death. Then he raped her because, like I said, he cannot, you know, he just can't do anything with women that are alive. And then he slashed her open uh, from the abdomen and disemboweled her. Uh, along with, uh, with raping his victims after their death, Kroll also reportedly masturbated over their bodies, and this would also go on to confuse police. And the reason is absolutely fucking sickening. Uh, police said that there was so much semen, so much semen, and uh, on and around the body that they concluded that this crime was a gang rape perpetrated by at least four men. Dude was a fucking walking bucket of jizz, literally. I mean, just, they just were overwhelmed by the amount of sperm at the scene, is what they said. Like, the dude, it was that, that it was sickening. <sighs> Like, when I read that, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, leave that out of your notes, officers. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, finally, when he got home from a kill, he would then pleasure himself again with a rubber sex doll he acquired. Uh, he had quite a few of these dolls, um, and often he would uh, choke the small doll while he masturbated. And another sick thing about those small dolls. Um, you remember how I said he befriended a lot of kids in the neighborhood? Well, a lot of those kids were girls. And girls like to play with dolls. And he would fucking play with the same dolls that he would also choke and masturbate on and to and Jesus man I just could not imagine being any of these neighborhood kids or parents and finding out the details to this sick fuck's crimes it's like wait what I played with that doll like Jesus oh man uh, Crow would later claim that after his first killing his murderous tendency subsided until four years later. Uh, I call bullshit. Um, however, authorities believe that Kroll was responsible for several murders uh, between 1955 and 1959. Uh, and because of his sick nature, they just couldn't believe he took a four-year break. And uh, 1959 is the year when uh, Kroll said he started killing again. They also didn't believe him because when he was eventually caught, he had a hard time remembering names, dates, and events due to him being a fucking dumbass. So, you know, they just think that he forgot a lot of shit in that time period. 
his first or his next known uh, murder took place on June 16, 1959, when 24 year old Clara Frida Tesmer was killed in Rhine. <sighs> this one's really fucked up. You'll see why. Um, not just the murder. That's really fucked up. But everything that happens after the murder. And it's just bad. Uh, Tess, uh, Tesmer's murder was identical to uh, Ermgard's, uh except for the, uh, you know, normal amount of semen and this time he uh he didn't get all crazy and just jizz everywhere i guess um and uh this time kroll began to engage in what became his trademark um you know signature thing cannibalism Ooh. don't eat don't eat during this part uh put away your food if you're eating yeah um, Kroll removed pieces of Tesmer's flesh from her buttocks and thighs, wrapped them up, and took them home to cook for dinner. Yeah, you heard that right. He went home and he made a roast and other dishes with the young lady. Fucking sick, savage bastard. What the fuck? Uh, a, local mo- uh, a local man, uh, this is where it gets even worse. Uh, a local man in Rhine uh, named Henry Heinrich Ott was arrested for Tesmer's murder and he then fucking hanged himself awaiting the trial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now you're seeing the fucking the cruelty of Yahim to the max. Um, and, and this, you know, meanwhile, he just remained at large. And he didn't even know the guy got arrested. Like, that was the thing. He he didn't, he didn't, he had no idea this guy had gotten arrested. He just kept killing. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're gonna be seeing the, those, uh, you know, atypical fuck ups by authorities in the hunt for these early killers. And unfortunately, there will be more. There'll be more of these guys. These poor, poor, stupid bastards. Um, uh, those who have studied Yahim Kroll's um, psychology note that his self-awareness and methodical ways of selecting victims point to Kroll having a higher IQ than the reported score of 78. Like I said, IQ tests aren't exactly a great, you know, gauge of intelligence as uh, recent studies have found. Uh, like other serial killers, Kroll traveled to different towns to look for his victims. Don't kill close to home. Rule number one. Kroll does not follow that. Uh, Kroll m- mainly murdered women and girls, but he didn't stick to one age group or type like other serial killers do. Uh, he even murdered one man. Mr. Herman Schmitz in 1965. Um, that night, Kroll had traveled to Grossenbaum, where he followed and spied on Schmitz and his fiance Marion uh, Marion Veen in a secluded area, having sex in front uh, in the front seat of their car. And then he got an idea. 
So then Crow lured Schmitz out of the car by waving his arms as if for help. Uh, then um, when Schmitz came out, he uh, like walked up and he's like, hey man, what's going on? And immediately, boom, Crow stabbed him. Uh, stabbed him repeatedly. Uh, they said it was between 15 and 18 times. Um, and then planning to kill and rape Veen next. But Veen saw that shit and was like, oh, hell no. I'm fucking out. So she then leapt into the fucking driver's seat of the car, put that bitch in the drive, and <laughs> drove that bitch right at Crow's little bitch ass. And uh, but then Crow, you know, he got fast and he dodged the car and he ran away like a little bitch. Um, and although she had got a decent look at Kroll, she couldn't really give a good description of him. So, unfortunately, he got away with this one. No, uh, no leads, no nothing. And he remained free to carry out his hor- horrific crimes. Um, so, further confusing police besides the insane amount of fucking semen at many of the crime scenes um crow did not always strip victims of flesh to engage in cannibalism making each murder different so they didn't originally tie all the murders to him and then killing in these different areas they didn't really talk well to each other back in those days they didn't share information with departments like they do here they uh I mean, they didn't do it for a while here too. I mean, it was it was bad. A lot of a lot of people got away with crimes because of that. So, um, he definitely got away with more crimes because of just the simple fact they didn't think a lot of the crimes were the same person. Uh, he preferred to take these cuts only from victims that he viewed as particularly young and tender and as he put it quote the younger the meat is much the, uh, the younger meat is much more tender and juicy and i prefer the taste end quote i mean <sighs> i would say you know just you know go get, get a nice cut of you know, beef yeah, there's some good cuts of beef Really good cuts of beef. Um, I'd imagine better than human. But then again, I've never had human, so I can't say. <laughs> um, uh, plus, other uh, other killers were also operating in West Germany, um, so that had police distracted and fucking all over the place. Uh, in the years before Kroll began killing, a serial killer by the name of Werner Boost well, had been murdering couples in the area starting in the early 1950s. So, you know, before him, there was already a guy actively getting it in and killing couples like Schmitz and his in uh in Wien. So they kind of thought that, oh, that must have been Boost that tried to do that. Um, Boost and several other suspected killers are believed to have been thrown or to have thrown police off of Kroll's tracks. Damn you fucking other killers. 
y'all weren't even on this nigga's level. Just go kill yourselves and fucking let them catch Crow earlier. Shit. Uh, even worse, while Crow was actively killing, five other men, along with Heinrich Ott, were arrested and charged for his murders. Yeah. Five. Five, five, five. I'll go over them. Don't worry. Um, like Ott, one of these men committed suicide as well. Um, yeah. Don't worry. We'll go over all these. Uh, another disturbing element of Kroll's murder was the motivation behind the cannibalism. Whew. So uh, many cannibalistic serial killers, such as um, Albert Fish, who I will definitely be doing a fucking episode on, because not only was he a cannibalist, uh, cannibalist, uh, can- oh, not only did he practice cannibalism. But this sick motherfucker was also a fecal freak. And yeah, if you don't know what that is, that's uh, someone that loves the old shit matter. Doo-doo muncher. An Odell Beckham, as they call him. Um, (laughs) He loved to eat shit. He loved to get defecated and shit on and shit in his mouth. Like he was a sick fuck just beyond. Albert Fish is beyond sick. And I would definitely be doing him. I was going to do him for this October series, but uh, I decided that I'm going to do probably a two-parter on him because, whew, the stories. The stories are real crazy. Um, But like uh, many serial killers or cannibalistic serial killers, uh, they're sexually motivated to consume their victims' uh, flesh because they kind of like, relive or kind of get arousal from that flesh or they see it as a trophy when they have it in their fridge and they can just eat it whenever but Kroll was different he uh, he had a more um, I don't know if you'd say practical view of the act yeah I guess you could say practical view um, he later said that he took pieces of flesh from his victims because uh quote meat was expensive and he didn't he did it to save money on groceries end quote yeah i mean he just said that meat was too expensive and he was a broke little bitch so he did it to save money i call bullshit i think that you know you could have gotten meat uh, other way man get a farm jesus man do something else there's other ways to get meat <laughs> besides killing, fucking somebody when they're dead and then cutting them up and eating. I mean, what was all the other stuff for, man? You know, just don't believe you, man. I think you're just a sick fuck. Now, um, let's get into the murder, uh, the wild way he got caught and his graphic confessions to police. So, Kroll's cannibalistic crime spree came to an end on uh, the day before July 4th, baby, Independence Day, on July 3rd, 1976. Uh, That day, he took his sickness to the next level and killed his youngest victim to date. Uh, Kroll kidnapped four-year-old, yes, I said four-year-old, Marion Kettner from a park. This park was also 
in his neighborhood. Uh, if you forgot what I said, serial killers tend to kill in different cities, different areas, not near where they live. You can't do that or else that just brings attention. And he did it. Um, a little later, a neighbor asked Kroll if he knew what was blocking the pipes in the building because the building shared a bathroom. Kroll then simply replied with one word, guts. Yeah, just guts. And the neighbor just kind of chuckled, you know, thinking, of course, that Kroll was, you know, joking like, <laughs> all right, bro. But fuck, why would you say guts, motherfucker? I'm, I'm, all right, I'm just going to go inside, you sick bitch. So the neighbor, then, you know, he just decided, all right, fuck it. I got to figure out what's clogging the toilet. So I'll just, you know, look in the toilet and see if I can get whatever's out. So he then looked in the toilet to try to figure out what the hell was going on. And to his complete shock, he saw tiny human organs. He saw a little tiny human lung, a pieces of a liver, ooh, uh, intestines, and ooh, other small body parts. Ooh. Like imagine if anyone ever said that to you, you would fucking chuckle and laugh that shit off too. You'd just be like, <laughs> it's fucking guts, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. And then imagine just like going in there with your plunger and just. And then a fucking guts literally come out. It's like, man, that guy probably needed a fucking lot of therapy after that. A lot of therapy. Uh, And so after the neighbor saw that, he immediately, of course, called police because that shit was fucking terrifying probably but you know i will say this if there's one person that if they said that and you were like suspicious it would be crow if you just just google image this little creepy fuck uh if you didn't see my post and you will you will immediately be like if that guy said guts i'd be like what you say motherfucker Stand right there. Don't move. Don't you fucking come near me. Because <laughs> this little ugly fucker looks like a fucking, he kind of looks like uh, that thing from Lord of the Rings, the guy that's like chasing the ring. My precious. He kind of looks like that little motherfucker. Uh, little just gangly, ugly fuck. So, I mean, if he said that shit, I'd kind of be a little bit like, a word? I, I'm a... Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on you real quick, bro, because uh, you real weird, bro. You real weird. <laughs> um, once inside Kroll's uh, apartment, police um, then all are going to need psych- psychologists, therapy, meds, the whole nine, a, a, a wife that holds them every night and gives them positive affirmations, all kinds of shit. Uh, police then found Marion Kentner's dismembered body just laying there on the fucking table. Whew. 
Uh, the crime scene, you don't want to see this. They they really they don't show everything, but they show a little bit of this fucker's apartment. Boo. Uh, parts of the body were in the refrigerator. Uh, a hand was cooking on the stove, and entrails clogged the plumbing. So he was in he was in the process of fucking cooking that. Uh, police removed uh, the shared toilet and, as I said, found the little girl's liver, lungs, kidneys, and her heart. Man. Imagine me and those cops. Uh, yeah, I quit. I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop working. I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to go work. Um, something where I don't have any interactions with human beings because <laughs> I'm going to be fucked forever because God damn, dude, a four, four-year-old girl, just seeing that, it's just, ooh, that is fucked. Um, Kroll was immediately arrested, of course. Duh. They're not going to waste time. You find a fucking little girl's body and pieces of her cooking and all over the fucking place of course you're gonna immediately be like oh yeah i, I wouldn't arrest him honestly i would have said he tried to escape and then we beat him severely and then he tried to escape again and then we shot him uh that would have been my excuse but to each his own to each his own you know i'm not judging the germans the germans you know you had to do what you had to do um crow uh then admitted to the murder of the little girl. I'm sure there's no reason for you not to admit, seeing how you kind of were found pretty guilty. Um, and he then gave police details to 13 other murders, including the killings of Ermgard and uh, Tessmer. Uh, he also confessed to engaging in cannibalism, I would have immediately gave him two fucking a two piece, uh, and then a just immediate just heel kick to the fucking eye, and I would have said he fell. Um, <laughs> while in prison, Kroll eagerly uh, cooperated with police to you know kind of get him you know a little leniency, and then you know they convinced him that he would then be given an operation that would cure his homicidal urges and he would be released to the world if he just tells us everything we need to know. I wish that we could use those tactics in the U.S. <laughs> you can't do that in the U.S. That's, that's, not, that's a no-no. But damn, they should let these guys use that one. Just like, no, we're going to give you an operation. See what we're going to do. All right, you just tell us everything you did. And then what we're going to do, we're going to cut open your head. We're going to take this little piece of your brain out. And we're going to sew you back up. And you'll be done with your homicidal urges. And we'll release you back into the world. All new. Zip zap. Doom doom. And motherfucker believe that shit. Yeah, that was that was of course a fucking lie. You know that was that like I'm I'm not gonna be saying all this. And that was the truth. That was a lie, of course. 
And like I said, I love that they said that shit. And I love that his dumbass believed it because one, he confessed to a lot of things, but two, God, I just love to see his face when they just finally tell him, no, you idiot, we're not letting you out. Are you fucking crazy? Get the fuck out of here, you sick piece of shit. Like, his face was just probably like, wait, what? I'm not getting an operation? I thought y'all were going to give me an operation. <laughs> nah, bruh. You're going to fucking prison <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Unfortunately, death penalty was off the table because uh, they took that away after World War II. Um, I don't know why, but whatever. I think they should have amped it up after World War II, if anything. But, uh-oh. Oh. Dropping lighters and shit. That's me. Um, so, now he gets into his confession. And he, like I said, he doesn't know these the names of his victims. He doesn't remember a lot of details, so police kind of have to fill in details for him and he just kind of confirmed things. So that's why that's the other reason why so many uh so many uh experts in police think he has so many more victims because he just couldn't remember a lot of shit. He's so dumb. His fucking brain so fucked up that he could have killed a bunch of other motherfuckers and he just doesn't know or they just didn't attach them attach him to them. So who knows? He could have had plenty more, but this is what he confessed to, um, and this is what they kind of tied to him as well. <laughs> and I'm going to take a hit because um, this part sucks. Um, yeah, it's it's graphic and uh, it's just a lot of a lot of victims, a lot of victims. Just like I said, he he doesn't just kill victims he he gets people killed unfortunately oh yeah oh Jesus yeah you know I didn't have corona them lungs are still pumping baby uh, <coughs> that shit's still gonna make me talk like a bitch though oh yeah <coughs> so on uh, I, I'm not backtracking this is this is now the uh, the details of his crimes on July 26 1959 Manuela knocked or not, or it could be knocked, knocked. I'm gonna go with knocked. Fuck it. Um, Sixteen was raped and strangled in the city, uh, in uh, the city park of Essen. Uh, slices of her flesh were carved from her buttocks and thighs and consumed by Kroll over the next few days. He said that the girl, quote, tasted much better. Than her, his first victim. 
okay. I'm sure the cops didn't need that fucking detail, but thanks, bro. Uh, then on April 23rd, 1962, Petra Geis, 13, was raped and, dis- and strangled in the city of... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck this one up. Dinkschlaken Broxhausen. I kind of think I got that one good. Um, the police then uh, fuck up again by going after someone else for this crime. And Venice Kuhn was arrested and convicted of this crime, ultimately. <sighs> Another one of his victims. So uh, he had more than the, the victims that he confessed to, in my opinion. Uh, on June 4th, 1962, Monica Taffel, 12, killed in Walsam with slices of flesh carved from her buttocks, Later, Walter Quicker was arrested for this crime. He was then released uh, for the crime due to lack of evidence. The police then cleared him completely. But then, because of his fucked up neighbors saying, nah, the police just fucked up. You did that shit. And they tormented this guy. And then he killed himself a few months later because of the constant ridicule and vandalism of his property. You motherfuckers. The police released him and cleared his ass. They said, no, he didn't do it, guys. He's good. And his neighbors were like, nah, he did that shit. It's like, motherfucker, damn. (sighs) Fucking crawl. On September 3rd, 1962, Barbara Bruder, 12, was abducted in Bershkide. Her body was never found, and it is believed that Kroll ate most of this young lady due to her young age. And as you remember, he said the younger, the more tender, and the better tasting. So, you know, it's believed that he ate pretty much most of this girl and disposed of the rest. Uh, on September uh, 13th, 1966, Ursula Rawling, 20, was strangled in Forstbusch Park near Marl. Uh, no cannibalism was found, so Crow was never suspected of this one. He, he never was even, like this murder was never even put into his series of murders it was never compared, never never analyzed. They never even thought anything. So this one was a really fucked up one as well. <clears throat> so uh, uh, Ursula was uh, killed right after meeting with her then fiance, Adolf Sh- uh, Sh- Schickel. 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 I think it's Schickel. Or Schickel. Sh- Schickel or Schickel. I'm going to go with Schickel. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't believe people still use that name, Adolf. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a name that I would never use again. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, so Adolf and Ursula had met at a diner uh, before she was uh, kidnapped. They met at the diner to make plans for their soon-to-be wedding, 
because as I said, that they were fiance. And uh, so after meeting at the diner, they then went their separate ways. He said, okay, babe, love you. See you tomorrow. Sent her home. He went home. And that's when Kroll intercepted her, kidnapped her, strangled her. Um, but as I said, no cannibalism. So Kroll was never even suspected. So they then suspected, as they do in the States, who's the closest to her, her fiance. So they suspected him and they falsely accused him. And for years, they or for months, they railed this fucking guy, railed him with interrogations, accusations, all kinds of bullshit. All until Adolf, with the compounding of his, you know, fiance getting murdered, him getting blamed for it, and accused and arrested, and now everyone thinks he did it. It all just ate away at him, and he then committed suicide as well. Man. <sighs> Goddamn Kroll, man. Just fucking, just stacking up victims, man. Uh, so this next confession was uh, really fucked because of the age of the victim and the timing of it. Uh on December 22nd, 1966, uh, Iona uh, Hark, uh, age five, was raped and drowned in a ditch in Wuppertal. Wuppertal. <laughs> uh, her family was completely devastated because they were about to open gifts a little early, right before the girl was taken and killed so they were just like oh she, she'll be back we're gonna open gifts and she never came back immediately launched a search party um and they unfortunately found the girl very soon after damn that fucked fucked their christmas up forever like you're forever gonna remember uh, you're gonna associate christmas with that event so i mean it was like man Ah, this guy's just ruining lives all over the fucking place. Uh, on July 12th, 1969, Maria Hetgen, uh, 61, yeah, 60 fucking one, he went on, yeah, he was all over the fucking place, uh, was raped and strangled in Huckeswagen. Huckeswagen. I'm going to say it like that because it sounds more German. <laughs> Um, she was also cannibalized, but only one piece was cut off of her, and police believe because of her her age, uh, the, he doesn't like his age, he doesn't like dry age steaks, in other words, like, he doesn't like that old stuff. Um, so yeah, he just, he, he only cut one slice out of her and just stopped eating her because she was not like he liked the the quote young and tender um on may 21st 1970 juta ran 
13, was strangled walking home from a train station. Once again, another person, another one bites the dust. Peter Schke was arrested, and then he was eventually released uh, due to lack of evidence. Uh, He then, five years later, for, you know, for some reason, people then later, you know, said that it was because he was hounded by neighbors, but it was never confirmed. Five years later, he then just walks into the fucking police station and says, yep, I fucking did it. I did it. And it was like, wait, what? Like, the cops were like, you what? You did it? All right, bro. Let's fucking take you in. And yeah, he ended up going to fucking prison for that one. It's like, man, damn. Damn, man. I'm t- I wonder I mean I I do think that the neighbors had a had a had a hand in it. Um I I don't think they they just was like standing outside his house and were like confess. I think they like fucked this guy up and made him go confess. I I don't see someone just, you know, going and confessing to a major crime like this unless it's, you know, some serious influence (laughs) you know that's not something you just you know somebody pressures you to just all right fuck it you guys are annoying me i'm gonna go confess guys i just don't see that i don't see that happening um and then uh and lastly on may 8th 1976 corinne topher 10 was raped and strangled in vorid Vored, Voredi. God damn these names. <laughs> uh, and I just want to say, if I was a cop taking these confessions, I would immediately have taken Crow to a cell. I would have had other cops uh, just take turns with me, just beating the shit out of them. And then I would follow that up by having the victim's families all getting a turn to do whatever they want to them. Anything you want, just do it. It's all you. You get five minutes. Um, if you have a stomach for a lot of crime scene evidence, like I said, uh, it's it's a lot of it's online. And like I said, the weird, sick reenactment was is also you know available to be seen. And the craziest thing about the reenactment is. Instead of getting, you know, a guy to be playing the victim, they get another fucking female cop. So imagine, imagine being that female cop. First of all, imagine your 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 lieutenant or your sergeant, whatever, just being like, "Hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go out to these crime scenes with this sick psychopath serial killer." And he's going to reenact the the sick things that he did to these victims on you. Cool? All good? I can imagine just what's going through her head is like, wait, what? The fuck? Okay, this is going to get me a promotion. Let's do this shit. That's the only thing that I can imagine 
going through her head is like she thinks I'm gonna get a promotion because there's no fucking way if I was a goddamn female I would do that shit but no I'm not gonna fucking let this motherfucker lay on top of me and reenact rapes and murders and fuck that and you know you know he got a boner even if he wasn't like killing you know thinking about those crimes and having that lady right there you know he got a boner and you know she felt it you know she was like what the fuck you motherfucker she couldn't do anything it was like man i feel bad whoever you are if you are out there and you're still alive lady i'm sorry that had to be a rough assignment that had to be the shittiest assignment ever oh fuck that so now that he's confessed it's time for his conviction and sentence yay <laughs> Uh, after several years in incarceration, he was charged with eight murders and one attempted murder in the trial that went on a grueling 151 days of some very disturbing details given out by prosecution and Kroll himself. Um, you know, in the end, instead of receiving that cure he wanted, he got fucked over by the Germans. They lied to him. Those motherfucking Nazis. <laughs> uh, you know, instead of receiving that, you know, miracle cure, Kroll was then sentenced to nine life terms in prison <laughs> in uh, April 1982. And he was really shocked by this, actually. He he was really fucking shocked. Uh, he did not expect that. <laughs> Apparently, uh, he uh, he he de- uh, cried in his cell after learning about his nine life terms because he thought he was going to get released. He thought he was going to get cured and released. Yeah, man, they can't cure you, bro. The only thing that can cure you is the, uh, I know what can cure you. You load a gun, put it right under your chin, and don't, you know, kind of angle it a little bit so that it, you know, pierces that brain stem. And then pull that trigger. And voila. Murderous fucking rage. Rape rage. All that shit. Necrophilia. All that shit's gone. Immediately. It's a it's an immediate problem solver. Uh, I recommend anyone that has the problem that Kroll has. Just try that medication. Just uh, I recommend uh, you know, 40, uh, 40 caliber, 45 caliber. You know, anything like that. You want a higher caliber. Um, and just make sure you, you, you just kind of angle that, angle that a little bit. Don't go straight up or, you know, don't angle, don't angle like out that you don't want to like, you don't want to hit your face and just disfigure your face. You really want to, you got to get that brain stem for it to, uh, to have its curing powers. <laughs> Excuse me. Ooh, got the burpees ate a lot of lasagna before recording. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he only spent nine years in prison where, you know, he was the target of beatings. So, yay for that. But he didn't get enough beatings, unfortunately. He only got, you know, a couple beatings. He didn't, he didn't get, like, tortured and bullied in there like I was hoping. Uh, and then he, unfortunately, on July fourth, uh, July first, 
succumbed to a heart attack in his cell at Rheinbach Prison. You little bitch. Fucking couldn't even last 10 fucking years in prison. You sissy bitch. (laughs) Was uh, really hoping he would be tortured more, honestly. But uh, can't always get what you want, guys. Can't always get what you want. But, um, you know, he did suffer a little bit, and he did get tricked (laughs) into believing he was going to get released. So we got that for us. Uh, I I just, I I really wish they had a recording of his face when that shit was announced. Because he, he, a lot of times in court, he would hide his face, uh, especially in the beginning. He would always hide his face and try to, like, cover up and shit. God, I would love to see his face when they announce that shit. Just like, and uh, nine life terms. He's just like, excuse me, uh, judge, ex- 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 judge. Um, I was told that I would get a cure of my homicidal urges, and I would also be released. Can we talk to the prosecutor about that? Uh, no, sir. You're going to fucking prison get the fuck out of my face (laughs) just look at his face (laughs) and you know he was crying like a little bitch in his jail cell oh man I would love to be in that jail cell with him I would just be laughing at him the whole motherfucking time (laughs) Uh, and he deserves it fuck him Um, so uh, well Tokers this wraps up Killer Octopus November, what, December, January, February? No, I'm just kidding. It just wraps up Killer October, guys. Uh, and, I, and you know, but it just doesn't wrap up, you know, me doing serial killer subjects because there's so many sickos that I still need to go over in the future. And you best believe I will be bringing that back to y'all soon. Um, like I said, Albert Fish, uh, Puchishkin, uh, there's just so many, so many. I'm gonna do Dahmer, of course. I'm gonna do a lot because with Dahmer, you get to see the U.S. police incompetence and fuck ups. Yeah, Milwaukee, you really fucked up with Dahmer, you idiots. Um, so yeah, I would definitely be going over a lot of serial killers in the future. Don't even worry about it, guys. I got plenty of sickos for you. Uh, But next week, we will be taking a break from the murder and torture and all the sick shit to dive into uh, a little post-election session. Um, We did a, you know, a little politicking session uh, a few months back. And uh, now we're going to, you know, do a little follow up to that, basically, because now we've we've had the election. We we basically know the results and, uh, you know, shit's it's a wrap. Trump's lost and now he's mad. Um, so now we're gonna we're gonna go over some some post election shit, and uh, hopefully I bring you some intriguing shit that you maybe don't know. Uh, I will go over you know what's next for this election process because I see so many people kind of panicking about things. Uh, you know. I will also go over what Joe has proposed for the future of America for the next four years. 
And the uh, I'll go over you know the old prospect of seeing Mr. Orange Man Donald Chump running again in 2024 because he can do it again, guys. This loss doesn't mean anything, but it does mean a lot to his ego. So I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if he'll run again. Uh, but we'll discuss that next week, um, uh, next Monday. Uh, make sure you tune in for that one and uh, get your politics from a real G. <laughs> and uh, again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to uh, you know to Killer October and making it a hell of a month for me, and for being patient while your boy got over the old flizzoo. Uh, don't forget to tell your girlfriend, wife, husband, boyfriend, booty call, best friend, you know everyone in between to peep the podcast. And, you know, I love having new listeners. And also, don't forget to to comment, too, gang. You know, I love all the criticism, compliments, or whatever else you got to, you know, you got to say about my, my podcast or me or, you know, my sexy voice. <laughs> and, you know, you know, whatever you want to put in there. Just don't come in there with no racist shit, no sexist, no anti-LGBTQ, you know, none of that shit. None of that fascist bullshit. None of that. And we good. Um, you know, and you know, and just be be happy out there. Keep toking that good weed. And you know, sip that good whiskey. Enjoy good people. And uh fuck Donald Trump, you know. Keep it up. <laughs> uh till next week, tokers. Love y'all. Peace. Hey guys, I'd like to uh, also give a nice little shout out. Make sure you guys go check out my good friends at Last Call Nation. Uh, Last Call Nation's a great merchandise brand and lifestyle brand that just promotes living the good life and also just living life to the fullest. Uh, Make sure you go visit them at lastcallnation.com. Also follow them on Instagram at Last Call Nation and check them out on Facebook as well. Make sure you like their page and make sure you purchase some of that merch. It's some pretty cool, cool stuff on there too. Uh, I uh, just ordered one of my shirts, so I should be getting that soon. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely be uh, plugging them every single time, guys, because like I said, amazing merch. Uh, also remember to make sure you share their page with your friends so that, you know, they can also live life to the fullest. And just remember, life is too short. So grab every good time you can because you never know when it's going to be your last call.